All right. Good morning again, everybody. Do you need sermon notes? Raise your hand real quick. There's a few left. Or this side, that side, over here. We'll bid them off. The last one gets the last one. We've got to pay the light bill this month. So I saw it this morning. I went, okay. That's all right. Jesus is Lord over the light bill. Can you say that? Amen. May take your breath away. It wasn't before $1,000. If you say it real quick, <laughs> it's all right. Mm, let me just get in the spirit here just for a second. You all right? Everybody got sermon notes? Let's talk just for a second. We're in 21 days of prayer. And who's, who's doing who's doing the 21 days of prayer with us? Amen? Awesome. Come on. So, so, so how many of you felt the Holy Spirit during worship? Come on. You can sense the presence of God. You need to be learning to sense the presence of God. And, and you know what? Sometimes if you're not used to it, it's a little scary. But it's all right. Just wait till you get to heaven. Oof. You may crawl for a little while while you're walking towards the throne because you just can't stand in the presence of God. The presence of God is powerful. And so just give me just a minute here. And, and so we're talking about prayer. And, and I want to, part of our sermon today is letting the Holy Spirit speak to us and guide us and lead us. And, and uh, I hate to say this, but a lot of Christianity, especially in America, has turned to intellectualism. It's about what you know up here. Well, I know up here George Washington was the first president, but there's no spirit in it. I know he chopped down a cherry tree and supposedly had wooden teeth. They've, you know, refuted that. But, you know, you know the pictures of him. He was on a white horse, and I can even tell you some history lessons of some of the battles he was in, but there's no spirit in that. But I know Jesus is the Son of God, but I know that there's the Holy Spirit backs it up. And so instead of uh, intellectualism, Paul said, I didn't come to you with enticing words, but I came to you in the power of the Spirit. And Paul was the smartest, the smartest of the apostles. But all of them walked in the Spirit. And there's nothing wrong with being intellectually smart. There's nothing wrong with knowing your Bible inside out. We need to, but we cannot deny the power of the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, you can't get saved. If all you have is head knowledge, you're not saved. You can sit in church for 80 years, and without the Holy Spirit and the movement and the power of God, your life won't change. And so you got to understand that, there, that you're a spirit, and that's how you get born again is in your spirit, not in your head. And then if you're going to get filled with the Spirit, it's going to be in your spirit, not in your head. Because if you're living out of your head, you're still out of your own intelligence. And you may be the smartest person in the room. I am not. I'll go ahead and warn you there. But I do know the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps me. And the Holy Spirit shows me what's to come. And he helps us with different things and how to pray. And he increases our faith. And he, and he encourages, don't, don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't quit. Stay the course. Stay the course. Keep going. Keep going. You're about to win. It don't look like it. Your mind goes, it don't. Oh, that's the craziest thing. And then you get in church with a group of believers, and somebody wants to come up and give a word. I have no idea what they're going to say. It takes faith to let people get up and say something. And if I don't know, you don't be offended. I'm going to ask what you're going to say. 
Because, you know, I, I've been in services where a man said that I, I, the Lord says he knows y'all scared because he gets scared too sometimes. No, that's not God. That's not God's word, right? And so, you know, you may want to do something, but we got to know that it's God. And, and, and so with that being said, we have a tendency to point at where the river was at. Look at the map over there. That's where the river was at instead of living in it. God wants you in the river with him, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And we got to get in the river, people. This is the year like never before. We got to get in the river. And, and, and what happens when you're not living in the river, you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you say that's the way it was. But when you're in the river, you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you say that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. And so we have got to learn to get in the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you, it can be messy. And it can be scary. Because we aren't in our head. We have to be, okay, the Lord said somebody's got a bad knee. And I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing. If nobody has a bad knee, you know. Well, it's not embarrassing, you know. But God always wants you to live on the edge. He wants you to be walking with him with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, your might, and soul is to, is to walk in the, is to live in the river. That you are available. Can you this year say, I want to be available? That's all he asks. Be available. It's not that, well, you got to quit your job. You got to go live in a culvert somewhere and be a monk, you know, and shave the top of your head. Oh, it's already happening. And, 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 you know, beat yourself with a whip or a board. That, that's not God. God wants you to go to work. Make a living, support your family, but be a witness while you're there. You know how to be a witness at work? Outwork everybody there. I had a boss that would chew Christians up and down. His goal today was get one of them to cuss. And I earned his respect by outworking everybody and outworking him. Then he wanted to hear what I had to say because I made him look good. And he'd come hang out with me and work right beside me. And help me do my job because I was doing his, I was doing the, uh, the uh, uh, he would pull me off this. I never griped. I said, I got it. And I believe I won him. I know his wife. I led his wife to Jesus. That's the key. It doesn't matter. You're not a pastor. It's the key that you're a witness and a living witness. And you have the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to live this life. So I'm going to remind you of it. Well, actually, I got I, it's not a good one, but I got a bag here. Doggone it. It's got a hole in it. I didn't mean to have it that big of a hole. I just made it, but that's okay. I'm going to show you something. Me trying to do it on my own is this. So I made the hole big. It ain't working. But watch this. If I ask for some help. Huh? The Holy Spirit's our helper. The Bible talks of being being in a wind. Look at that bag filling up. I mean, it's got a big hole in it. It's still filled up. Look at that hole. God's your helper. The Holy Spirit is here to help you. So let him help you. Learn to lean in on him. Learn to follow him. Holy Spirit, help me today. Come on, as you're doing the 21 days of prayer, we, giving, uh, we, we give you an outline, and every day, it's, come on, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you over that scripture. 
And you know what? He'll, he may not use it that day, but he'll bring to remembrance next week. You go, oh, that's what that scripture means. That's how I'd use it. Sorry for my little stump right there, but come on. It's time to lean in on the Holy Spirit. Without him, we are nothing. So, so real quick, Miss Becky, come on up here and pray for Miss Becky's going to start us off in a prayer. And I want you to listen to this prayer. She's going to pray over our country. She got the word out. You're in trouble. Here we go. You know, I don't know the word says in First uh, Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, uh, therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in our godliness and reverence, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We have, he's instructed us to do this. Paul was talking to Timothy, and in this day that the scripture, uh, he gave him that Nero was the one in rule over that country. And Nero, as you know, was in history that he was not a good person. But this was instruction from the Father so that we could live a quiet and peaceable life and our godliness and honesty. If we're not living that, the last part of this, then we're not doing the first part. And if we do the first part, the second part will come to pass. So right now, we need to pray and lift them up. So right now, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you watch over your word to perform it. So we lift all those in positions of authority, whether it be in the church, whether it be in governments all around the world and in this nation, federal, state, county, and local officials, the police officers, the soldiers, anybody that has authority over someone else, we lift them to you right now. We ask you to give them godly wisdom and surround them with godly counsel. We pray, Father God, that your knowledge is pleasant to them. We pray that they hear and heed your voice and the stranger's voice do not he they do not hear. And we thank you, Father God, for we declare that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Father, if they're not cooperating with you, we ask you to remove them from those positions right now. Take them where they can get delivered. Replace them with your peoples as you've raised your peoples up in these last days to take back those positions which have been stolen. And we declare, Father God, we thank you. Thank you that as we pray this, that you're moving and you're working, even though we might not sit with our eyes, Father, we understand and we pray this with faith and we give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't that awesome? She just learned how to pray this morning. No, don't be intimidated because it's intimidating to watch somebody pray like that and you're like, I'm like, Lord, God is good. God is great. Help me, you know. But learn how to pray. Listen to somebody pray. Listen to people pray. And they'll take you to another level. That's how I learned how to pray was listening to somebody like her or listening to somebody like Miss Shirley or listening to somebody who was a, a prayer. And I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be praying, but I'm listening. And they're being led by the Holy Spirit. And it teaches me how to be led by the Holy Spirit. You see how you learn? You learn to pray. And so let's dig into our, our, our scriptures today. Luke 18, 1, these are our foundation scriptures. And he spoke to them a parable saying that men always ought to pray and not to lose heart. Come on, we got to pray and we got to continue to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17 through 22, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. 
in everything give thanks. You don't give thanks for the problem. You give thanks that God's bringing you the answer. For this is the will of God for you. Do not quench the Spirit. There's that Holy Spirit again. The Holy Spirit will tell you to do something. You're like, and everybody does it except Jesus. I don't know, Lord, is that you? Well, the devil's not going to tell you to go help somebody. Give a glass of water, you know, somebody's about to fall out. Do not despise prophecies. She came up and kind of gave a prophecy right there. She gave a word. Well, that wasn't God. I didn't get nothing. Well, come on, quit that. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. That's a key. We got to abstain from evil. So so let me back up just a little bit. Here's the thing. The church hasn't, hasn't demonstrated the power of the Spirit. So therefore, people are chasing ghosts. You see it on TV. They're chasing the uh, occult, Ouija board. They're chasing new age stuff now as frequencies. Man, that ain't nothing but new age. That ain't nothing to do with God. God's Word tells you how to live, and God's Word will tell you how to feel better. How do you know that if depression is not a spiritual attack? How do you know if worry is not a spiritual attack? It's just not a normal thing. Well, it's a normal thing to worry. Then here, but here, since you're worrying, let me give you this medication because you can't get away from it. It's a spiritual attack, and the Word will tell you how to fight a spiritual attack. The Holy Spirit will empower you to, and we'll get to it in 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 the message today. But the the Word of God will show you how you know. That you're in faith. How you know you fought, you're fighting the good fight. Because we don't fight flesh and blood. I'd love to run over to the devil. I'd back over him and, oh yeah, that was him, and run over him again. But we can't do that. We fight with the power of the Spirit and, and God giving us his word to speak. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It began with Adam and Eve. When they sinned in the garden, they hid. Jesus said, come boldly. Paul said, come boldly to the throne of grace. Oh, man, I got to hide. God God doesn't know I did that, and I don't want him to know it. (laughs) Yeah, right. God knows what you did. Just go ask him to forgive you and get it cleaned up. You know, I always use the example, we had grass burrs in Louisiana, and we ran barefooted, you know, three, four, five, six, and you get one in your leg and, oh, in your foot, and my mama said, let me get out. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. It'll hurt again. What is hurting now? But that's the way we treat sin. Don't touch it, God. It'll be embarrassing when, it, when everybody knows. It'll be, eh, don't touch it, God. God said, I'll pull it out before everybody knows. If you keep it in there, I'm going to reveal it. It'll be revealed. The devil's going to reveal it. All right. Number one, you got your sheet. Number one, fill it out. Prayer is not trying to get God to do something. What? So the, the, the title is prayer is. And prayer is not trying to get God to do something. He's already did it, and he's already done it. Jesus did it at Calvary and laid it out. Because what he did at Calvary, the beating that he took, what he died on the cross, it gave us access to God and and that we can get our prayers answered. Hey, 
So what I'm believing for in this message today is your faith's going to arise and you're going to begin to pray more. You're going to walk and talk with God all the time. How do you pray without ceasing? I'm praying in my mind right now. You hear what I'm saying, but I'm, every time I stop, I'm like, what do I say next, Lord? Help me, Lord. Some of them asleep. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't care if you go to sleep, but you are responsible for what you're sitting in. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So he's already done everything he needs to done. Prayer is not getting. Uh, prayer is us getting in agreement with what God has done. That's why it's so important to know what the Word of God says. If you don't know what the Word of God says, then you're just drifting around. Oh, I'm hoping. Lord, I'm wishing. Lord, help me. Help us, Lord. And there is something to that. You know, if you're going off the cliff, you need to be repenting and asking Jesus to come into your heart. But, but if you have got time to deal with a problem, then you need to dig out the Word and put the Word on it. She opened up her Bible. I said, will you open up in prayer and pray over our nation? I didn't tell her to get her Bible out. What is she trying to do? She's going to give you the Word, and she's going to pray the Word. Okay? You know? My wife's henny, Lord. You got to give me, give me. That, that, you know, that don't cut it. You wonder, but... I tell you, when you first get saved, it will. But when God wants you to grow up, he's going to quit answering those. You know, he'll prove himself, and then he'll quit answering. He wants you to stand by faith and to live by faith. In 2 Peter 1, 4, it says, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be a partaker, maybe. Might be. You can be. But you have to be, you want to, first you got to want to be a partaker of his divine nature. But you, to be a partaker, you've got to go to the promises. And you need to learn how to pray the promises. And every time you read a promise, it's a prayer. That's why I put that little book together. There's a book back there. It's not $79.95. It's free. And the church paid, I put it together, we put it out there, it's free for you to get. And it's full of promises. Or get your own promise book and learn to pray them. If you need peace, if you need hope, if you need healing, if you need joy, or you got that ch child or grandchild that's straying, put the word on them. Last Sunday we gave you a demonstration. Susan said, you know, uh, she, in the last 10 years, she's, she's grown to four or five offices uh, but you know what? She hadn't lost her need for God. And you know, you get busy, and she said it. And I'm the same way. I'm the pastor, but you get busy. And, and she wrote out some things, and she always did a prayer petition. And she goes, you know what? I need to do a prayer petition and believe God to hire people. You know, she said she had 60-some-odd employees we have enough responsibility just taking care of my kids and my wife and me. But when you got 60 employees, you got some responsibility. My boss called me in the office because I was the number one seller. He's the manager on the sales side, but he did the whole company. He said, we need X amount of thousands of dollars just to keep this place open. I said, why are you telling me that? I don't want to carry that. But he's carrying it, and he wanted me to help carry the burden. I'm responsible put a fire in me to go, you know, to even work harder. I'll tell you a quick story. There was a man who owned the big mill in town. That's, you know, he lived in the mansion on the hill. 
Everybody, oh, man, oh, he's rich, rich, rich. Mansion, mansion, mansion. And his gardener was down at the bottom of the hill and looked up and saw him in the picture window. He said, boy, I wish I had his response. I wish I had what he's walking through. I, if I had what he had. And the, the, the rich man looked down at his gardener and said, if I just had his responsibilities, life would be awesome. See, it's perspective. You know, if you hate the company you're working for, you need to be praying they'd be blessed because they're paying you. You guys, you know, I never had a problem going over and above because they're paying me. They paid me well. But I worked, and that's my point is you got to change your focus because you can be like, this is a sorry company. I Well, go work for somewhere else then and find something. Quit griping and complaining because you're calling a curse on you and the company. Just saying. Okay, that ain't a, that's a prayer in the opposite side. Okay, let's get positive. We keep asking God to do what he's already done through Jesus, through grace. We got to stop and we got to get in agreement. Lord, your word says, she started off, Lord, your word says. And so, Lord, I'm getting in agreement with your word that all should be saved. I'm getting in agreement, Lord, with your word that all should come to the knowledge of Jesus. I call Withville to come to the knowledge of Jesus. Peter said that, that all should be saved. All should come to the knowledge. Can you get in agreement with that, that all would come to the knowledge of Jesus and Withville? How about if every church filled up in Withville? We'd have to have two or three services at most churches, this one included. There's thousands of people. There's 17,000 over, almost 18,000 people that aren't going to church in Withville County. And 17,900 and whatever says they go to church. You know they don't go. The, Jesus said the, the, the harvest is white. Then let's get in agreement. Then let's be that one. Let's be that witness in that light. Come on, let's get on God's team. Can you believe with me? I want 300 people in this auditorium. Now, we got over 200 and some odd, but you got kids. Going, you know, we just had a whole row of kids all sitting in the one on his lap left. That's not counting the ones already in there. But I want 300 people in this auditorium, not counting all the kids. Amen? Because we need to be growing. We need to be healthy. And all those kids means we're healthy. I'll let you in on a little secret, because that is the kingdom of God just as much as you are. Well, they don't do anything. They don't, they don't give a little clean. No, they are. The, we're teaching them the word of God so they can change the world when they get old enough. And some of them already are at six, seven, eight, and nine. Amen, amen, amen. So believing and receiving what God has already given to us in Jesus, it's called grace. You don't earn it. It's already given. You've got to get in agreement with it. Pick up your fork and start eating. I mean, you know, I just went to my mama's this week, and she cooked me a meal, and I could have looked at it the whole time. Well, it sure looks good. She would have slapped me if I didn't pick up the fork. And God's wanting to slap some of y'all because you're not living by his word. Do you know your angels, that you have an angel, that angels move because you pray the word of God? They're all in there drinking coffee because you hadn't prayed the Word of God. They're waiting, I wish somebody would pray the Word of God so I could do something for them. Their arms are folded. They're leaning back on the wall. They're all around us. And I could take care of that if they just pray. I could take care of that if they speak the Word. I could bring healing in that situation. I could run that devil off if they just pray. But we got sometimes we take the devil like this. I saw somebody in the airport that had two cats. I'm like, man, y'all crazy. That cat would get out here and nobody would catch it. But they had the cat. But some people do the devil that way. Yes, yeah, my bursitis. Look at it. 
Look at Nick. Isn't it cute? I'm, I got to quit. Number two. Number two. I'm sorry, but we got to pray the word, don't we? Prayer is communication. Two-way communication. If you got a spouse, and, and, okay, I'm married to my wife's name, Lisa. If I didn't talk to her for a week, our, our, our relationship would be in a strain. Huh? When's the last time you talked to God? When's the last time you listened to God? It's communication. It's back and forth. It's not one-sided. Oh, Lord, help me, 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 help me. Help me, help me, help me, help me. Shh. Shut up in Jesus' name. Listen just for a minute. You may not like what he has to say. He may say, change job. Well, I like this job. He may say, sell that car. It's fixing to break down, but I like this car. <laughs> I heard this preacher, he went to, he ordered him a new car. My wife's uncle ordered him a GMC truck. And, and, and they drove two hours. He'd been saving for five years to buy, to, to, for this car. Bought the car, ordered it, and he said, I'm going to test drive it first. And he drove it and didn't even get a quarter of a mile, drove 200 yards and got out and started walking around the car, praying, and his wife's sitting in the car, and she rolls the window down and said, you know it ain't the right one. I don't know what you're walking around it for. <laughs> no, because it was a one. He just ordered it, and he's been saving five years, but it was something wrong with it, and the Holy Spirit saying, not this one, not this one. But your flesh goes, here it is, I want it. I've been saving for this. But you still got to ask. I did that. I, I had a trailer and a half-ton pickup truck, needed probably a one-ton. And I had that trailer loaded, and there was more hanging off than was on the trailer. And it was all heavy. And I pulled out of the driveway, and the Spirit of God said, don't you drive this trailer. And I went right over in the other parking lot, and everybody was following me said, and I'm walking around it, and I'm praying, Lord, Lord, I got to get this home. I'm tired. I'm hot. It's, it's been 100 degrees, and we've been loading this steel up, and I'm ready to go. And he said, don't you drive this vehicle. And everybody said, what's wrong? And I wouldn't tell them. And I drove it anyway. And when I jackknifed it, I went all the way to the end of the building going backwards. And I said, oh, Lord, help me. Angels in a bind sliding sideways on Maypop tires. If you don't know what they are, I'll explain those to you in the, in the service. And God was merciful because he told me not to drive it. I went through downtown and everything. So we have got to learn to hear the voice of God and then obey. And, you know, we're just going, I just, I just got to get it done. And you know what? You'll find out it's trouble. So it's time to pray. It's time to talk and listen. When you listen, you find out God's heart. When you listen, you can hear the voice of God. Now, I know you're my, some of you in here are already like, I have never heard the voice of God. Then ask him. I want you to ask him right now. Close your eyes. And ask God to begin to show you when he has spoken to you from a child all the way to today. And God, come on, ask him to show you. God, show me when you've spoken to me. You'll be surprised. So God, reveal this week and the coming weeks, Lord God, when you have spoken to people, when you have talked to them and shown them things, uh, their next steps and decisions in Jesus' name. Amen. And John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. 
Did y'all read that? Look at it one more time. Let's read it real slow because I read it fast on purpose. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. Now, when you're abiding in him and he's abiding in you and his word's abiding in you, you're not going to ask anything contrary to the word. Like, Lord, I want to divorce my wife and marry his. That's non-scriptural. People do that. That's why I have to say it. That's not scriptural. It's not going to be answered. You can just say it. But when your word abides in you and you know what the word says and you know the will of God according to the word, you can ask it. That he wants all men to be saved. We ought to be able to get in agreement with that. You ought to be shouting that with me. Yes. So, so our confession this week, I believe in confession, and because it, it's a prayer, Lord, you add daily to the church that should be saved. Yes. You're adding daily to Legacy Church that should be saved. You're adding daily to, to, to uh, the, the Episcopal Church in town. You're adding daily to, it's not just us. It's every church in town needs Jesus. They need also everybody to get saved. Fill them up. Fill them up, Lord. So, how do we live in him? By knowing his word and listening to the Holy Spirit. Miss Shirley, will you come? I asked Miss Shirley to come give a testimony. I just put her on the spot right before I come up here. And you know what? She's ready in season and out. Kim, share a testimony uh, what God's done. Well, God's done so much, it's hard to choose. <laughs> but thank God he does, and thank God he has. I had so many testimonies running through my mind to share because God is Lord, and that's such a good thing. Uh, but I'll just pick this one going along with what Susan had to say last Sunday on prayers of petition or agreement, which is Matthew 18, 18, 19, and other places as well. So, you can fall off the ditch, which I admit I have, but you pick back up because you hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. And so, it was back in the 80s uh, that, and I was saved in 62, uh, received the Holy Spirit uh, when Susan was five years old, or two years old, I'm sorry, two years old. So, it's been a long time back, and I knew, but sometimes you can know it up here and not follow through with it by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so it was back in the 80s, and one of my children began to date somebody that was not saved. And my children were saved and spirit-filled. And so I had a ground to stand on. But instead of doing that, I began to worry, and worry is a sin. And I began to worry and to worry and to think and to think, well, what if this happens? And what if this happens? And how about this? And on and on. And I guess many of I'm not the only one here that has done that, surely. <laughs> anyway, I began to worry about it and worry about it until I was physically sick. I lost down under 100 pounds. I was crying if you looked at me when I didn't know why. And I would try to talk to my child. And the Lord finally said to me, he said this, do not speak about this person again to your child. He said, it's only hurting your and their relationship. 
He said, because they're not listening to you, and this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to walk in love, not discussing anything. And so I set out to do that. I did. And sometimes they would say, out of curiosity, since my mouth is shut, <laughs> uh, they would say, I know, you and Daddy just don't like this person. I would say, honey, all I want is God's will in your life. Do you want that, don't you? You know, and so naturally they're not going to say no. But still I began, still I was in this worry mode, and Bill would pray for me, and I was spirit-filled, and I prayed, but I let this worry take me over to the place where I was physically very sick, dehydrated, all that, without even realizing that I was. And so my husband was a strong man, a very strong believer, a very strong word man, and a most wonderful, wonderful minister and teacher. And so he said to me uh, in November 1985 at 9.30, I've still got my little red notebook. It's heavenly business, so you write it down. Not to hold God to it, to hold you to it. So I got my little red notebook. He got the little red notebook, and we wrote down. We wrote the scriptures. We didn't get it in a hurry. We decided what scriptures can we stand on, abiding in the words, you know, abiding in that word. <laughs> so we got the scriptures that we could stand on. And so I was working at a Christian bookstore at that time, and Bill was still working, and we came home that night. And he said, this is what we're going to do now. We're going to make a symphony. We're going to be saying the same thing. He said, I'm going to read this, and then I am going to sign my name to it. And you read it, and you sign your name to it, and then we sign it in the name of Jesus. And we date it. And he said, now this is the key to the whole thing, and it really, really is, church. <laughs> it really, really is. He said, from this minute on, it's done in the heavenly realm. It is done up there. We don't see it here. But he said, we will never from this minute on say one negative word, but we'll declare that it's done no matter how long it takes. From the time you put it here till you get it over here, you've got to keep speaking. You've got to keep believing. You've got to put the word right on it. And so we wrote the petition and we began to drive down the road holding hands saying, that relationship's over, that relationship's over, that relationship's over. And, of course, before I could get to the place where I was feeling like I could eat and sleep and do what I should have been doing all the time, uh, well, my husband was gone to work, and I was not working that day, and I went downstairs to make up our bed, and it's the only time I feel I've ever heard the audible voice of God. And when I went around on Bill's side of the bed to put the pillow, I heard this booming voice say, Can you fix it? And I heard me say, whether I did or not, I don't know, but I heard me say, Lord, I can't fix it. And he said, Neither can I, that booming voice, neither can I till you bring it and leave it. If you've got it, you're responsible to fix it. And if I've got it, I've got to work on it to fix it. And I got on my knees and I cried before the Lord because I knew I had heard God. I knew I had heard him.
And so we began to act on what we had written down. We began to praise the Lord it was over. Praise the Lord it was over. Thank God the relationship's over. Thank God it's over. And it went on down through 86. This was November 85. Uh, uh, November the 12th at 9.30. We went on down to January of 87. But now I'm feeling good. I'm eating. I'm sleeping. I'm doing okay because you know what? The Word took hold in there, and now I am standing on it, and I know it's working, and I know we got this. I know I got it, and I don't see it. In fact, it looked worse, but, but you know, now I know that I know. And every time I would even have a doubt, I'd go get my little red notebook, and I'd say, no, I just want to remind you, devil, it's done, it's done, it's finished. And so thank God for his word. And so when we get to January of 87, uh, this child just simply said, you know what, I'm not going to be in this relationship anymore, it's done. So it, it just ended so sweetly, so simply. But you put the Word, you abide in the Word. And praying in the Spirit, He will tell you what to do. He will, he will reveal to you what to do. Like writing it down, like sticking with it, like the words of uh, power of life and death in the tongue. Victory and defeat is as well. So, you know, you go about the business of the Lord acting on the Word, standing on the Word, speaking the Word, believing the Word, and praising. There's such a cure in praise, such a cure in praise as well. And so we just honor the Lord today. And, Pastor, before I came up this morning, the Lord was saying to me about these that might need healing, which have been dealing with me this week. He said, they're those many people just about everybody's got something, you know, that they could be healed from. And this does not cover everybody because there's many reasons why. But he said, when you come for prayer or when you go to the Lord yourself, he said, many do not receive for this reason. There's other reasons. He said, because going back to Mark 11, 23, and 24, and 25, he said, there is bitterness and unforgiveness. Some of you have it against yourself, and some of you have it against others. And as long as you hold that, it will block your prayer, and it will block your healing. So when you consider that, drop it. It's not worth it. And you can have that clear path to your healing and other answers to prayer as well. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. So, so with that being said, if the back of your right calf is bothering you, be healed right now in the name of Jesus. huh? The Spirit of God says he's here. Start asking him for things. Come on, this week is a challenge to ask God. So it's communication. Why don't you sit still for a second and just close your eyes and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and write it down and begin to write things down. Let him show you some things. Learn to hear his voice. When it comes to pass, you know, oh, that was God. Or, you know what, I, I used to argue with God as a teenager. He would talk to me. I, God, show me. You're gonna, he, he showed me I was going to move, and I'm like, I ain't moving here. I was there in two years. But I know, I don't know him, but why would I move here? Yeah. And I'm not talking about Withville. I'm talking about another town when I was a teenager. Go to work. Number three, 
Prayer of faith is not a struggle. It's a surrender. It's not a struggle. It's a surrender. We must learn to enter into his rest. Remember we read that? Enter into the promise. James 4, 2 said, You lust and you have not. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war. Get mad because you don't have it. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. Or you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it upon your pleasures. And that's something. You're asking for the wrong reasons. Number one, you remember last Sunday we talked about being humble, but you're trying to do it yourself and not letting God help you. I know I'm not the only one that's ever got ahead of God. It's always to be right behind him, holding his hand. That way if you trip, he's got you. But when you take off running, anybody other than me ever took off running and skid on the, on the asphalt as a kid? Your hands are scraped, knees are bleeding. In too big a hurry, running, you can get ahead of God like that. And it's not his fault. And some people beg and cry, and you don't have to beg and cry. You have to get in faith. Listen, I say this all the time. If I'm the devil, and I can make him cry, and then God moves because he cries, I'm controlling God. Do you get that? If I want to control God and get him busy, I'm going to kick him in the shin. And when he cries, God's going to move. And now I'm controlling God to move. But God doesn't move by crying. God moves by faith. And God moves by his promises. It's just like your kids or your grandkids. Well, mama said we were getting ice cream after school today. They're going to hold you to your word. God wants you to hold him to his word. He gets more excited. You know what? When your kids or grandkids or somebody, you say something that your parents always said and it was right, because some of my things my grandparents said wasn't right. Can't repeat some of the things my grandpa said. But when it was right, they're like, man, they got it. They finally got it. They got it. God's the same way. They're standing on the word. You remember the only time that the Bible says that Jesus stood up? Because he's seated at the right hand of the Father. When Stephen was stoned, he preached the whole word of God to him. And Jesus stood up. And he was fixing to be killed for Jesus. The Bible said, he goes, I see the, the Son of Man. I see him sit, see, standing at the right hand of the Father. Everywhere else the Bible said he's seated. He stood up. God's going to stand up for you. You get his attention. When you start praying his word, if it doesn't come to pass, it's like a memorial. It's just sitting there waiting. You know, last Sunday we talked a little bit about between amen and here it is. When we say amen, we're, we're looking for it. Well, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes you got to get right. But sometimes you got to get in the right position or if you're believing for a, 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 a promotion at your job, God's got to work through all those people. Well, Becky'd be a good one, and then, but you know what? We're going to go with Clayton on this promotion because favor, favor. And when's the last time you asked God for favor? You got to start asking God for favor. Favor with your kids, favor with your job. Well, my kids better do what I tell them. That's the problem. That breeds rebellion, doesn't it? Tell me what to do, mama. I'm, I'm, I'm 48 years old. You don't tell me what to do. Okay. Hebrews 3, 18. 
and to whom he did swear that they would not enter into his rest. Whoa, they would not enter into his rest because those who did not obey, but to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter into the rest because of unbelief. Well, I don't believe that. Well, you're not going to get it. We got to learn to, to receive. And so we got to learn to, to, to get in, into that surrender. I'm going to finish this real quick. It says, let's humble and surrender to God's rest. And Hebrews 4.1, therefore, since a promise remains, here we are at promises. Remember, by these great and precious promises, this all ties together. This is not Peter talking. This is in Hebrews. But since a promise remains of us entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. We don't need to come short of any promise, but we can. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith of those who heard it. Some of you are going to walk out of here full of faith. Some of you are like, well, I don't even know what that was about. You're not in agreement with it. Maybe you've never heard it before. Maybe you need to digest it. But maybe you need to start developing some faith. Maybe you just like if you, you know, if you lift weights, your muscles are going to get bigger. If you start exercising faith, your faith gets bigger. And you need to start using faith on some things. Lord, I've never done this before, but I want to find, I want to stand on a promise. He's understanding. He will help you. It's just like if you got a toddler that falls, are you going to help them up? Yeah. Help them up, encourage them to get up and to keep moving. So, let me just say this. You know you're in faith by peace and rest, and that's what Miss Shirley just testified. That was in my notes. She finally got into peace and rest about it. And the Lord said to, to remind you of this. If you're standing and believing for something, Abraham's called the father of faith. Hmm? Romans, the fourth chapter, he's the father of faith. It took him 25 years to have a son. He was 100 years old. That's a long time to be in faith. Some of you don't be discouraged because guess what? The longer it, it waits before it happens, the greater the miracle. The greater the miracle. You know, it'd been awesome him to have a kid at 75, but at 100, come on. The greater the miracle. So peace if you're waiting on something. If you said amen on something, then start thanking God until it manifests. Have a heart of thanksgiving. God, I know you heard me because it's your word. I know that, that you hear when I pray, but you know what? I'm abiding in you, and your word's abiding in me, and you said I ask what I will, and I can have it, so I thank you that I've got it. And some of you have stood in faith and received things, and some of you are just beginning, and it's time to be stirred up. Last thing I'm going to read is this, John, 1 John 3.22, and whatever you ask, whatever we ask, we receive from him. Because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. That we keep his commandments. What it's saying is this, your actions have to line up with what you're praying. Your actions need to line up with what you're praying. 
Amen? So we got to love, we got to walk. Our actions have to line up. Well, that ain't ever happened for me. Your actions aren't lining up. Your mouth's not lining up. Because this, this right here is action. Let me just say this. People who don't pray don't believe. People who don't love don't believe. People who don't give don't believe. Not in agreement with what he said to do. So that's where our actions have to line up. If you're believing for a raise or a new job, then get your giving in line. If you want the people to love you more, if you just think people, your kids are rejecting you, start loving somebody else's kids. Break that off of you in the name of Jesus by corresponding action. James says, if you got faith, we're going to see the action of it. So, Father, we thank you for the word today. Father, we just thank you that we can come and enter to your, and, and come to your throne of grace and obtain mercy. Father, every person in here, we declare your word to become alive in them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.